Good morning, afternoon or night, wherever you may be. Welcome to the 21 Days to Vegan podcast, where we are supplying you with the educational tools you need to become a healthier, happier human on the inside and out. So today's topic, ladies and gentlemen, protein and being vegan. Probably the most highly anticipated podcast because vegans can't get enough protein. Simply not true. It's a topic people only really worry about once you go vegan. I mean, you can be anything but vegan and people won't worry or bat an eyelid about whether you get enough protein. People might not even know what protein is, but it sure does sound nice when they're trying to tell you that being vegan is unhealthy. Now, don't get me wrong. I've said it before. I'll say it again. You can be unhealthy being vegan, even if you're eating protein. So I want to go into this podcast to explain, I mean, just how you can actually get enough protein and be healthy by eating whole foods. Okay, so first of all, I'm going to go a little bit nerdy and talk about protein as a whole. What is protein? Well, protein can be many things. It can be that nice little added protein in your your yogurt or your milk or whatever, and it, it sounds nice and it's a good marketing tool, but protein is a macronutrient that is essential to building muscle mass. It is made up of amino acids. Again, another fancy word, which we may not know, but we will learn. What are amino acids? Amino acids are the molecules that can be bonded together to make up protein. Specifically, a protein is made up of one or more linear chains of amino acids, each of which is called a polypeptide. So there are over 100 amino acids that naturally occur, and 20 of these are involved in making up a protein that are categorized as non-essential or essential. Non-essential amino acids are synthesized in the body, whilst essential amino acids cannot be synthesized in the body and can only be obtained through food. So essential amino acids do not need to be eaten at one meal. The balance of the whole day is more important. Now, I nerded out there for a little bit because I just wanted to explain what protein actually is because people say that vegans can't get protein because protein sources are only found in animal protein sources, which isn't true. And also people often like to tell us that vegan proteins aren't complete and they're not wrong. Some vegan protein sources are not complete, but if you eat a range of vegan protein sources, you're going to make up a complete protein. So let's now talk about protein is an overused word and is a miracle macronutrient. Or so we're told. Here today, I want to put it to rest Finally, once and for all, the idea that it's impossible to get adequate protein from a vegan diet. Now, I've been vegan for a while now, and I believe that I give a few meat eaters a run for their money in the gym, on a track, in a pool, whatever it may be. Because you know what? I'm not deficient in protein. Yay for Alex. In fact, I'm, I'm probably going to say that I'm adequately nourished with protein. So why do people have this idea that suddenly a vegan diet will make them deficient in protein? But I have a hypothesis. I think that throughout our life, plants are often the side or accompaniment to the meat component of a meal. And it's often believed that the meat is the protein of a meal and the meat is the hero. Well, I'm not saying that meat doesn't contain protein because it does. I'm just saying it overshadows the plant sources of protein. And secondly, plant dishes or foods tend to be seen as fats or carbohydrates 
without some kind of protein. But again, I don't blame you because we just aren't educated enough to know that everything is made up of carbohydrates, fats, and proteins. Yes, everything. That piece of baby spinach in your salad, that asparagus, that broccoli, that black bean, that salsa that you just ate. Well, you might not have just eaten salsa, but you get my drift. Everything contains protein. Well, not the desk that you may be sitting at. Every food source contains protein, just like humans. We contain protein, naturally. So, if you think about it, I want you to think now. Close your eyes. If you, if you think about it, we don't see cows, horses, rhinoceroses roaming around devouring animal protein, yet they're all large, they're all powerful, they're all muscly. Most of the animals that we see all have a lot of muscle, yet they, they're not eating all this protein. How is this possible? These animals graze on plants. In fact, they receive all their protein needs from these plants. And funnily enough, they develop adequately. If you think about it, all we're really doing is creating a middleman for our protein. So we're getting that cow to go and eat the grain that we can eat. It eats adequate amount of grain, which gives it protein, which gives it the building blocks for their muscles. And then we eat that animal. So by going straight to the source, you're actually getting a more wholesome protein. Now I get it. There's lions, there's tigers, there's carnivores. Right? You're probably thinking right now, yeah, Alex, but they're just they're just non-meat eating animals. Well you're right, they are non-meat eating animals. Yes, some eat meat, but the digestional tract of all these animals that don't eat meat, which are still very adequate huge animals, like gorillas and rhinoceros and elephants, their tracks actually resemble what ours resemble. They're very long and they're they're twisted around and it's also they can eat these fibrous, dense plant foods and extract as much of the nutrients that they can, whereas a carnivore's uh, intestines are very long and straight, and it goes in and goes out, and their stomach capacity is huge. They can fast for ages and ages and ages, then eat a huge meal and it withstands them. So all I'm trying to say is I'm not, I'm not some kind of huge rocket scientist that's dissected the anatomy of a human and all these animals, and I'm the be-all and end-all guru that can tell you what to do. But all I'm saying is give it a, give it a look. Go type in on Google the digestinal tract of humans and animals. And I want you to see what you should be seeing, which is which does ours resemble the most, a carnivores or a herbivores? I'll leave that one up to you. It's, it's actually very, very interesting. Okay, so why do we think that animal protein is the only way to get adequate protein? Well, I mean, why wouldn't we? We've been told from an early age that this is where protein comes from. I mean, I remember growing up saying things like, if my meal doesn't contain a piece of chicken or a steak, then it's it's not actually a meal because I don't have my protein source. I mean, I've been thinking that from a very young age until I uh, became vegan a while ago, actually realized and educated myself on what proper and adequate nutrition was. Now, I'm not saying that animal protein doesn't contain protein. I'm saying that it's wrong to think that it's the only source of protein, especially given the rundown that I just gave you about how these animals themselves get their protein. Let's debunk the myth once and for all. So plants don't contain protein, huh? Well, broccoli, pumpkin seeds, tofu, peanut butter, and grains like rolled oats, quinoa, and wheat all contain protein. Adequate protein, in fact. I want to also add, just so you're aware, 
if you're eating enough calories, you're going to be getting an adequate protein intake. In fact, it's almost unheard of that someone has a protein deficiency in the Western world. Why? Because everything, like I said, contains protein and we tend to grossly overestimate or underestimate the amount of protein we need and the amount of carbohydrates we need. So I meant overestimate the amount of protein we need and underestimate the amount of carbohydrates we need. What are our protein requirements? Well, it's a difficult, sticky, iffy question to answer. Everyone's going to have a different requirement. If you're a sedentary person that sits on the couch all day, your protein need isn't going to be as large as someone who works out twice a day and has an active lifestyle. Now, what is a protein requirement? Well, it's the recommended intake. We have, however, through bro science and gym culture, created a world where the more protein is better. And that simply just is not the case. Those big buff, I need to pile protein into my biceps so they get bigger kind of people that have made this misconception. Eating extra protein actually doesn't really do much towards boosting your muscle mass and strength. If, if. I'm not saying that it doesn't. I'm saying if you're already eating enough, it may actually just put all your other bodily systems under stress. So I guess trying to find that perfect balance is is what you need to do. But don't you don't need to go over it. You don't just need to eat protein. So Gail Butterfield, I, I read recently, is a PhD, RD, and Director of Nutrition Studies at the Palo Alto Veterans Administration Medical Center and Nutrition Lecturer at Stanford University. He is considered a protein expert, and he highlights the inadequacy of consuming more protein. In fact, if your protein is making up any more than 30% of your daily calories, it can start causing harm. So you might start thinking twice when you consider sacrificing the carbohydrates for a protein-dominant diet. Butterfield also agrees. So I'm not calling myself an expert here. A lot of the things that I'm saying are backed by these protein so-called experts. Today's podcast is brought to you by Clean Vegan Protein by Body Science. A deliciously clean plant-based protein to nourish your body and fuel your active lifestyle while supporting optimal gut health. Made with only premium whole ingredients, it's naturally sweetened with no gluten, no added sugars, no artificial colors or flavors, and definitely no gums or other fillers. It's just a pure protein your body and taste buds will thank you for. It's available in four incredible flavors, chocolate, vanilla, berry coconut, and salted caramel. Salted caramel is my personal favorite, and I put it every day in my oats. I also bake with it and make protein balls, so when I'm on the go or need a quick little snack after my workout, I can just pop it in and get that nourishing hit that I need. Try it for yourself today, and you'll start understanding what a real vegan protein should taste like and make you feel like. So drastically cutting carbohydrates from your diet may force your body to fight back. That's because a diet where protein makes up more than 30% of your caloric intake causes a buildup of toxic ketones. So-called ketogenic diets can thrust your kidneys into overdrive in order to flush these ketones out from your body. And as your kidneys get rid of these toxic ketones, you can lose a significant amount of water, which puts you at a risk of dehydration and particularly if you exercise heavily. It also makes your breath quite smelly. Probably, although someone on a ketogenic diet, they're not the nicest people to talk very close to. Their breaths are a little bit pongy. A little bit pongy. Now, I've done a lot of, I guess, research. And I'm sorry, but the bad news for you gym bros and you keto dieters and you people that just don't want to, I guess, understand that food is fuel and food is, food is medicine. I've been able to maintain and build my current physique off a low-protein plant-based diet. When I was a ravenous carnivore, I used to think the more the merrier when it came to meat and protein. But I've had a tremendous 
tremendous increase in energy, recovery, strength, and size now that I'm plant-based eating lower protein. So my conclusion, I guess, is I've understood that food interacts with your body. It interacts with your DNA. It talks to every cell within your body. Feed it proper food. Don't sacrifice nourishing yourself and loving your body. I mean, yes, I'm talking sensually right now, but have love for the one instrument which you have forever. I've said it before, and I'll say it again because everyone likes this analogy. Everyone tells us to put the nice quality petrol or fuel in our car, yet we don't tell one another to eat healthy all the time. I mean, we say put the good fuel in because it's better for the car, but we can buy another car in five years time. You can't buy another you in five years time. So why not always put the best fuel in your body? If you would like to debate me on that, I welcome you to. I would love you to tell me that that analogy is is wrong. If there's some other kind of way that I'm missing out on, please, please tell me. I love learning. But essentially, I've done all this through reducing my protein and increasing my carbohydrates. Carbohydrates is the number one, number one fuel source for humans. Number one. Your brain is a huge functioning piece of whatever it is. We, we don't know what the brain is really, let's be honest. It needs carbohydrates to function. Now, I've done a lot of research uh, because I know it's nice to have a statistic to kind of chuck around. 0.36 grams of protein is required for every pound of body weight. Now I'm using pounds, yes, not kilograms. There are two websites I've kind of found. Uh, one uses the American pounds and one uses the, where I am, Australia, it uses the kilograms. So I'll put a link to those calculators. Now, I'm not saying take these calculators to be the be all and end all. I'm saying use it as a rough guide. Okay, if you know you do more exercise, maybe up your protein. If you know you don't really do much, well, you're probably not needing to build all that muscle mass that protein is there to do. So whether you're an avid strength trainer or a marathon runner or just an average exerciser, a balanced diet that is rich in fruits, vegetables, whole grains, legumes, and complex carbohydrates is what I would recommend. The only really change is our caloric requirements based off our activity levels. Yes, I may have just mentioned a bunch of foods that you have no idea about. These legumes, these black beans, these chickpeas, get used to them because they're good. They're tasty. I mean, we all like hummus. That's chickpeas. Literally everything is made up of carbohydrates, fats, and proteins. It's like we just forgot this fact. I get it. To sum up, there is protein in everything everything being food. Now, I'll rattle off a few protein sources that are vegan. These would include, well, my staples anyway, include tofu. Again, tofu I'll probably go into uh, one week just to debunk the, the soy myth about how it's terrible for us. So yeah, tofu tempeh, which is a less uh, processed tofu uh, using soybean. It looks a little bit funky, but it's 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 delicious if you cook it correctly, which you can go to my ebook and see. Legumes. We've got black beans, chickpeas, butter beans, any kind of bean that you like. Great protein source. Great protein source. Great fiber source as well. And a lot of vegetables. Leafy crusades green vegetables or contain protein. Okay, so I'm going to wrap this up because I want it to be kind of short, sweet, and I want you to take home the idea that protein can be found in a vegan diet. Ah, I've been waiting so long to do a protein podcast. I've just been dying at the chance to do it because every time I eat out at a restaurant, oh, how do you get your protein? Well, anyway, this is how, ladies and gentlemen. It's not that wizardry. I'm not a rocket scientist. I'm just a basic vegan. 
Thanks for tuning in. See you next week.